Welcome to the Real Time Podcast. And I'm proud to be an American, or at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. And I'll gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Thank you for joining us here today on the Real Time Podcast. We are happy to bring you this segment, Memorial Day Special. We're going to talk today about Memorial Day, what it means to us, talk about some wartime stories, some interesting things that stand out to us, the freedoms we have and how we're thankful for those. And I just want to start by thanking all of our service men and women out there, and especially those who've laid down their lives and paid that ultimate sacrifice. We're thankful for the freedoms that we have, freedom to worship, our freedom to free speech, all the different freedoms that we have. We're very thankful for those here at the Real Time Podcast. Uh, We wouldn't be able to be bringing this to you without the price that they've paid, and we're very thankful for those. And um, on this Memorial Day, we're going to be bringing a special guest we'll introduce a little later on, but I want to go now to Jacob and just see, let him say what's on his mind about Memorial Day here today. Well, um, I want to start off by uh, also saying thank you to all of our servicemen and women who have served in whatever way, military, uh, even first responders and police force, all that. And uh, definitely say thank you and we honor you for your service and those who have fallen. And, you know, uh, uh, the the freedom that we have is something that sometimes we take for granted. And uh, I, I never want to take that for granted. I'm very, I try to be very appreciative to all of our veterans and and uh, such for uh, for you know paying that sacrifice, laying their lives on the line for uh, people they don't even know. America, like they don't know half the most of the Americans that they're saving and uh, providing freedom for. And it's sometimes I think it's ironic when these protesters come out uh, saying stuff against uh, the military and shaming them and saying all that. They wouldn't have that. It's ironic because they wouldn't have that freedom to protest and to do all this stuff without those men and women who've laid down their life. And, uh, you know, they always, the saying always goes, that nothing is, nothing is free in this world. And that is definitely true because we get our freedom and it's not free. It's paid at the most ultimate price, which is, you know, pe- men and women who've laid down their lives. And so very appreciative of our veterans and those who have fallen. And I just want to say a big thank you. And we honor you today. Thank you, Jacob, for that. We definitely love our veterans and first responders, all of those who've sacrificed and laid down their lives and served, spent a life of serving others. That is, there's no greater um, honor than giving a life of sacrifice, and it's very commendable. And so, Leba, we're going to go to you now. I want you to say what's on your mind here today. Uh, First of all, I do want to say thank you as well um, to all our men and women in uniform and uh, and, and to let them know that... uh, we do appreciate every little thing. And I think sometimes we also forget is not only those that are in uniform, but also their families that have sacrificed and had to have their parent, their father away, their mother away, their grand, whoever it might be in the military. 
Uh, so I want to say thank you not only to those in uniform, but also to their families uh, that have also had to get up and move every couple of years, things like that. The little things that sometimes we take for granted, especially being here in <coughs> excuse me, Colorado Springs, uh, we do get to see a lot of the military families around. We really do appreciate everything that they do, everything they go through, all the time that they've spent in uh, foreign places and uh, the hardships, the the hurts that they've went through. And we really do appreciate all, and especially even our uh, our uh, older veterans, those that are in their 70s and 80s that went through some of the greatest world conflicts that have ever arisen. And uh, we really do want to thank them, and uh, especially with the time that we're at, the, uh, the suffering that's going on in our country, that we do want to tell them that we thank them. We appreciate all their service, and they've done such a wonderful thing for us to be able to even now experience the freedoms that we have. Yep. Thank you for that. All right. So we're going to go now and uh, we have a special guest joining us for this Memorial Day podcast. And um, he is actually my father, John Burgess, same name. So it might get a little confusing, but um, we're glad that he's joining us. He is a avid history lover. He studied it, read hundreds, if not thousands of books on history. And um, I thought of he would be a perfect guest on this special Memorial Day tribute and um we're glad to have him joining us here today thank you for joining us dad um you want to go ahead and just say what's on your mind what memorial day means to you and and uh we'll go ahead and turn it to you thank you john and i would like to say how much uh, we owe our veterans and even though memorial day is not a celebration of our living veterans it is a good chance to uh, say thank you to someone who is presently serving. Memorial Day really is about those who died in the service of our country in combat in, uh, in, in wartime, um, whatever the case might be there, gave their lives for our freedom. And in your lifetimes, your younger men, You've only known a military that is a volunteer military where uh, men and women join out of their own decision many times to uh, make a career out of it or um, they're considered a professional military. But uh, for most of American history, the people who gave their lives were citizen soldiers. They were people that either joined or even were drafted right out of their everyday lives, took some training, and went right into combat. Most of the people who died for our country were just ordinary people. They were not professional soldiers. And uh, combat today with professional soldiers uh, these men and women are highly trained, and I think the death toll is lighter, thankfully so. These are brave people, but uh, in, in the history of our country, we owe a great debt of gratitude to just ordinary people. And uh, I think Joe Biden left his phone on the table here. Uh, 
ordinary people who answered the call of service, not not heroes, not people who were amazing and everybody just expelled, oh, that's who we need to go to, just ordinary people. But they did extraordinary things, and they laid down their life, not, not really for some high ideal. When you read their stories, it was really, they were just fighting for their friends and for their family, and uh, just, just because they, they had loved ones. And that truly is, a, is the greatness of America, is it's just ordinary Americans doing extraordinary things, and we, do, we owe them a great debt of gratitude. And I appreciate you giving me the chance to, um, to say that tonight. Yes, <clears throat> we're very thankful for that. <clears throat> and thank you again for joining us on here. We're very happy to have you. Um, we just have several topics we want to talk about today, and the focus is kind of going mainly going to be on you and your stories. We might add a little here and there, but um, with all the knowledge of history that you have, we wanted to pick your brain a little bit on here. So, the first thing I want to ask that a lot of people probably wonder—I know that we were talking about before um, you joined us here—was what war. Um, or period of wartime history do you like to study the most and why just walk us through that what what's interesting to you about that and why do you like to study that particular period of time uh probably world war ii um is the time which i i have i have gone through different periods of my life where i studied one war more than another uh, american revolution was probably my first uh love of history and and uh, all of that there were some amazing stories from that um, and one of the most one of the most stirring ones is we all know about the the deadly winter of valley forge and the starving soldiers of washington's army living in the cold with barefooted not enough provisions what a lot of people don't know is while these men were doing that just a few miles away, there were Americans dining very sumptuously, living very comfortably in Boston, and they were not sacrificing at all. And it could have been a great point of contention, except for the great leader, George Washington, who could have been living in comfort, and he chose to share all of the hardships with his men, and they never wavered. And uh, there, that's, that's how America is built. And I was very fascinated by that. But I would say in recent years, probably World War II, because it was such an epic struggle of the entire world. And so many men rose to the occasion and were great leaders during that time. That very interesting. <clears throat> so do you, do you think that that's the wartime period that you study the most or it's just the most interesting to you probably the one i study the most okay what um well moving on to our next thing that we wanted to ask um this is just your opinion you know what what you enjoy or what you think but what are the top three american war heroes or military leaders um figures in your opinion, um, if you had to pick like a top three, and uh, you can start with like your third, and then your second, and then your your top 
leader or it can be ones that you just enjoy studying or ones that you think were the the best at what they did but what are your top three military figures or leaders well that that's very difficult um because i have so many um i would say that anybody's top three uh, you would have to put George Washington in it uh, because we wouldn't have a country without his leadership. And he was uh, he was a very courageous figure, so uh, he definitely is in there. I would put him at three, which really, as far as great men, he might have been the greatest. But uh, one thing you'll notice if you read history, that the more recent uh, figures they are, it seems like the better... Uh, biographies and histories you can find on them. But uh, George Washington would have to be in there. And then a controversial figure, Douglas MacArthur. I think that he was probably the greatest general that we ever had and at the same time could be the most petty. (laughs) He had a lot of flaws from his vanity, but the brilliance of his mind was amazing. And so Douglas MacArthur and his personal bravery was incredible as well. Uh, Many times when there was shelling going on or live fire, uh, he would just, he would stand out there in full view and in complete danger, never flinch, people diving into shelters all around him. And uh, he never, never bobbled one time. And part of that was because he purposefully knew that uh, to be a great leader, you had to show men the way through fear. And so he would have to be there. Now, um, I have another military figure I will put in there. Um, he would, I, I would guess maybe Douglas MacArthur would be uh, the top one. But really, the one I would like to put in there is not a military figure. Um, he was just a great wartime leader, and that's Franklin Roosevelt, one of the most fascinating leaders that you'll ever read about, and he was the president during World War II. But uh, I would, if it has to be military only, I would probably throw Chesty Puller, the great Marine, in there as well. Um, what? Who is who's Chesty or? However you say it, Chesty Marine. Chesty Puller. Chesty Puller, the Mariner. Uh, a great Marine. He was... The Mariner? What is it? <laughs> What's a Mariner? The <laughs> Mariner. Jacob, Mariner. Jacob obviously hasn't studied much history. Yeah, the Great Mariner. Really. The Great Mariner. The Great Marine. <laughs> I, I don't know. Was I, he a leader? or? Yeah, I don't think I've heard of him either. I've never heard Maybe. of him. Maybe. Well, Chesty Puller. Chesty Puller, P U L L E R. He became <laughs> poor Jacob. Is your headphones not no, working? No, I was I was trying to make a joke on that one. Chesty pull up, but you know whatever. Yeah, he he was uh, he was an incredible marine, and uh, uh, went all the way to becoming a general. But uh, he would. What time period was it? Well, he was. Uh, he was, I think, a colonel in World War II. So he had served prior. He was in one and two and continued to serve after. During World War II, he was on Guadalcanal, and uh, he would 
he would spend his evenings or nights in his foxhole with old histories of the Civil War, reading about the great leaders and generals of the Civil War. And he would, uh, uh, he would go out the next day and put a lot of that into action. He, he, was, he was a pretty fascinating picture of a, of a fighting man. He was, he was just a tough, uh, he, he was a tough guy. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't a desk general. He was a fighting general. He was, he was a guy that was out there in the middle of everything. So his name was, uh, Chesty Puller. <laughs> I have a question, um, on George Washington. Do you feel he was such a great man in the fact that he had, he was probably one of the most selfless men to, uh, to, to lead? Yes. I mean, he, that's probably what sets him apart from a lot of people is uh when when the continental congress would not pay his soldiers he he paid uh, he paid them himself out of his own uh family money fortune whatever uh just feed them clothe them he was fighting a battle for people who wouldn't even come up with the money to help him pay his soldiers so he paid them himself he really when when we say he's the father of our country uh he really was uh, truly that to tell y'all something very interesting when the when um, the uh, convention came together to write the constitution of the united states the most brilliant minds of that time came together to write the constitution and george washington was not known as a brilliant academic he really was not but he presided over that because he, w he was such an incredible figure. His personal courage, his personal sacrifice, everybody knew who he was. And though he was, not, he was not an intellectual, when those men would get hung up on a point and could not, uh, they might get to arguing or whatever, he didn't say a lot. But when he spoke up, everybody listened. When he said, we're going to find a solution, let's do it now, they would do that. Why? Because nobody had been as selfless and as sacrificing as George Washington in getting us to the place where we could even write our own constitution. And so he is, he's an incredible figure. We owe him a great debt of gratitude. And just kind of in that same vein, along with what John was saying, um, and I, I mean, I guess we can all comment on this, but mainly to you, but what like when you're talking about qualities of a good leader or you know it, now that we're talking about wartime obviously memorial day we're talking about wartime leaders but when you look at a leader would you say i mean obviously there's probably a lot of qualities you would talk about but would you say that being selfless is always the sign of a good leader that a good leader always puts others first or or, or what what are some of the qualities that you look for when you when you think of a great leader in my opinion that's something that i would that i value when i see a leader like when i'm reading about someone now a person doesn't have to be that to be a brilliant general uh general Patton is known as uh, a brilliant battlefield commander he was a hard charging man he got he got results, uh, but he's also known for a cu couple of things that became scandals when he had men <clears throat> that were, uh, yeah, a couple of times when men 
uh, had battle fatigue, they called it uh, shell shock, if you want to say. Today they might call it PTSD to an extreme, and it overcame them. Uh, he just he showed no sympathy at all. He slapped men, um, was very rough on them, but he was a brilliant commander as well. But to me, I like to see someone who uh, who was willing to just share in the sacrifices of the men. Douglas MacArthur was a man that was like that. In World War One, he was right down there with his men in the trenches. Um, he was uh, he had some men around him at times that were not very sympathetic toward what the men were going through. And he said uh, there, there was one particular time when some of his officers were a little upset that they were not getting better food, and he told them, if it's good enough for the soldiers, it's good enough for you. And uh, that, that kind of attitude in a commander will earn the loyalty of men underneath. And so, yes, that, that is very important when they see that you're willing to suffer with them when you're willing to go through it. And I think that's why George Washington's men, without pay, without, without even shoes on their feet, when they went, um, when they crossed the Delaware and were marching at night to make a surprise attack, and it really kind of turned the fortunes of war, uh, the way that the men followed the trail in the night was from the blood on the snow from their bare feet getting ripped and torn by the ice and the snow. Men following George Washington because he was right there with them. He suffered with them. He lived with them. He ate the same things they ate, and uh, he paid them when they didn't get paid. Yes, that's, that's what inspires people is when you're willing to be selfless like that. I had a, another follow-up question. Um, from some of the stuff that you mentioned, which which I probably have never necessarily read enough or looked into it enough, because um, in particular World War One, I, I don't think I've ever necessarily researched that very much. But um, was a lot of the men that fought in World War Two, especially the uh, upper um, generals, colonels, were a lot of those guys uh, initially in World War One? Yes, they were. Yes. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, that's where they got most of their training. Um, president Truman, who became president toward the end of World War II, he was a, he was a captain of, of uh, artillery in World War I. Douglas MacArthur was a leader in World War I. So was many of the, the generals. They were all younger officers in World War I. And that was a brutal, brutal war. It was a, a trench warfare. It was not a warfare of movement. They would literally uh, give up tens of thousands of lives just to gain a few hundred yards. They fought in the mud, in the trenches, very very stationary. And uh, it, they, were, they expected to lose a lot of people, and they did. They lost a lot of soldiers. They got... Uh, they, they got gassed in those trenches. Uh, they, they had no reprieve from it. It was, uh, it was constantly in the mud, in the water. They got trench foot, meaning that their feet were actually rotten, rottening in their socks. 
because they couldn't ever get them dry. And it was terrible. World War II, while there were a lot of lives lost and a lot of, uh, um, uh, a lot of terrible things, it was more a war of movement and attack. And uh, in the European theater, there was a lot of tank battles and all of that. Um, so just two different types of warfare. But it's, it's uh, you know, same way the great, uh, military leaders in the Civil War, they were younger officers in the uh, in the Mexican uh, the war with Mexico that America fought a few years prior to that. So um, these men carried over from one war to the other. Yes, sir. <clears throat> All right, next question for you, um, and it might it might be in relation to this this time period, or you might have a story you want to share from another. I know we've talked about some stories already, but when you think of like a wartime story or just like an inspirational story that you've read, um, what would you say like as far as memorial in relation to Memorial Day, what would you say your favorite or or like the most interesting or the story that you like the most that you know about wartime? Uh, And we would like you to share that with us if you have one, if you can think of one. Well, I do. I have a a specific story that I that I tell. Um, maybe I could lead up to it with a few um, things that I think are are fascinating. I believe um, one of the, one of the things that's that's amazing is that uh, on the little island of Iwo Jima in World War II in the Pacific there were 27 medals of honor handed out. And I think if my memory serves me correctly, the average age of the person winning those medals was about 18 years old. And a lot of them won those medals because uh, grenades would come into their fall, would be thrown into their foxholes and they would dive on them and, and give their life so that the other people in the foxhole could live and that's an amazing story of uh, heroics. Um, and there was, uh, um, I have it written down. I remember I remember the last name of either the captain or the sergeant being Johnson. I, I wish I could, I had those details. But in World War II, uh, there was a captain that was taken in to the, uh, the emergency um, the field hospital and his sergeant had brought him in and uh the surgeon triaged him looked at him and said he's there's nothing we can do no need to operate not not enough of a chance of saving him we we got to move on to somebody else and that sergeant pulled his sidearm pointed at that surgeon and said you're going to do surgery right now and he held that gun on him until he finished that surgery, but he saved the life of his captain. Wow. And wow. so, um, uh, and that, that's a true story. There's a story from World War I, and I have, uh, it, it's from my memory, and I don't have the book anymore, or it's somewhere back in Mississippi, I, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a very stirring story. It's from the trench warfare of World War One, and uh, there were there was a man that 
uh, got caught out in between trenches, no man's land, and he was wounded. They had tried to go over the top and had gotten beaten back. And when they got back into the trenches, there was a man that didn't make it back, but he was wounded. He was crying out for help. And uh, a young soldier asked his lieutenant, said, let me go get him. That's my buddy. And he said, no. He said, uh, the, the fire is too brutal. He said, I'll lose both of you. I can't let you go right now. And he said, but I got to go. He's, he's out there. He's, he's, he's wounded. He's crying for help. The lieutenant said, I, I can't let you do it. He said, young soldier said, but you don't understand. This is not just my, it's not my, just my buddy from the military. He said, we joined together. We're, we've been friends since we were kids. I've got to go get him. Finally, the lieutenant said, well, against my better judgment, I'll let you go. And so he went over the top of the trench and, and uh, ran out into the no man's land. And uh, he got to him and uh, bent over and cradled him, picked him up, started carrying him back, running, stumbling. And, uh, of course, the men watching were cheering, hollering, hoping he'd make it. And the bullets started to find their range and started to, to hit the both of them. And so uh, he stumbled over and fell into the trench. The two of them together had been wounded, was dying. And uh, the man that he had gone to rescue was dead. The lieutenant was sitting there looking at the two of them. And he bent down and he... He took that young man in his arms and he said, I, I told you not to go. And he said, was it, was it really worth it? And he said that young man looked up at him and said, he said, Lieutenant, when I got there, or first he said it was worth it. He said, when I got there, he was still alive. And when he saw me and he looked up, he said, I knew you'd come. He said it was worth it. And then he died too. Those kind of stories are stories of just young men, boys really, that did things that we never dream about doing those uh, drafted citizen soldiers on Iwo Jima, just boys, 18-year-old, in the trenches with buddies that they hadn't even known but months, but somehow combat had just molded them together into brothers. And you just got to think of all those times. 27 medals of honor, most of them won by uh, young men who gave their life. They weren't really given it for America or for, a, for the Constitution or for the flag. They were given their life for their buddies and trying to save the life of just their, their friends, their fellow soldiers. And uh, that is, that's the kind of thing that I believe we're honoring on Memorial Day is that kind of courage, bravery, but just really love for one another.
Yeah, that <clears throat> I agree that, and a lot of times that gets looked over during this time of, you know, it's just another day off work, time to grill out and go to a picnic and get together. But I think that it's very important, and it is sad because I feel like that as we go more and more, especially the generation we live in now, that there's a loss of appreciation for that price that, um, you know, all this, all these things that we enjoy, all the things that we're going to do tomorrow on Memorial Day, um, they did not come free and it did not come cheap. Like Jacob said earlier, it was paid for with stories just like you told. And, you know, that's, that's probably one of innumerable stories of, of, uh, similar situations and just men laying down their lives and just the horrible horrible wartime experiences that people have lived through and um we just want to give honor today especially to all those who've served and laid down their lives for the freedoms that we enjoy today and um before, before we go on if you don't mind me um jesus is the one that said greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friend and i just i just pick one at random out of the 27 medals of honor on iwo jima and if i could read this this is the citation for corporal charles berry for conspicuous gallantry it says that corporal berry stationed in the front lines he manned his weapon with alert readiness as he maintained a constant vigil with other members of his gun crew during the hazardous night hours. When infiltrating Japanese soldiers launched a surprise attack shortly after midnight in an attempt to overrun his position, he engaged in a pitched hand grenade duel, returning the dangerous weapons with prompt and deadly accuracy until an enemy grenade landed in the foxhole. Determined to save his comrades, he unhesitatingly chose to sacrifice himself and immediately dived on the deadly missile, absorbing the shattering violence of the exploding charge in his own body and protecting the others from serious injury. That's the kind of, of uh, laying down their life for their friends that you see so often. Yeah. Yep. And paying that price. So, and, and that's one thing that always stirs me up when you see people that, that don't care, that don't take care of our veterans or they, they don't, uh, they're not reverent to those things. It, it really fires me up because they don't realize what people went through for us to be able to walk around and, and just, live in a comfortable home and drive a nice car that people bled and died and just like that dove on grenades and and paid that price jacob did you have something oh yeah i was just gonna ask uh dad a quick question on the same line as these wartime stories have you ever heard of uh i think it's vaughn thomas barfoot yes yeah i was i thought that was an interesting story because he's actually from carthage he enlisted in carthage mississippi is where he grew up did, did you know the story about him, he had won a Medal of Honor and also three Purple Hearts in, uh, I think it was World War Two, I believe. Yes. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Do he, you uh, have it? Just yeah, I have it. 
Uh, so he was a, a technical sergeant and he had been patrolling with his uh, squad through, uh, you know, patrolling the German minefields and such. And uh, him and his squad came up on a machine gun nest and um, his squad was uh, shot down. All but two survived and uh, they uh, they were pinned down and he flanked the, the German ne- uh, gun nests and he took out the first one with the hand grenade, then moved to the second uh, German machine gun nest, took out that one, and then when he got to the third one, he captured or killed two and captured three of them. And then he got to the final one and uh, only had his pistol left. And he uh, he took out the third machine gun nest, and when he had the when he got to the third one, they all surrendered. So he killed eight and captured a total of seventeen sto- uh, seventeen German soldiers, which is a lot of most people know the story of Alvin York, which is kind of what he was most famous for, but he also did that as well, captured 17 Germans and killed eight. And as they were on their way back, another interesting thing, when uh, later that day they were on the way back and uh, the Germans launched a armored counterattack with three Tiger tanks uh, against his position with his uh, two uh, people left in his squad and all the Germans that he had captured. He took out the uh, first lead tank with the bazooka and then he killed uh in the carnage he killed the rest of the two uh tank crews with his machine gun and uh in the process his two squad uh members left got injured and he went back to them after he had taken out all three tanks single-handedly and led the 17 germans and his two wounded partners all the way back to uh safety all the way back to their uh you know, HQ or whatever. Yeah, back to their lines, their friendly yeah. lines. That wow. is unreal. He won a, a medal of honor and three purple hearts. Wow. So he was injured then. Yeah, he, he was. He was actually injured later on at another time. It doesn't uh, really clarify that. So oh, yeah. I'm not sure when. But yeah, That's he got insane. a medal of honor and was injured and got a purple heart for that one. Wow. Yep. Right out from Carthage, Mississippi, where Dad grew up. Yeah. So that means he probably did it barefoot too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Barefoot, uh, well, his barefoot. last name was Barfoot, so <laughs> yeah, pretty close, missing the e. Um, so yeah, to wrap up here, um, I don't, I don't want to obviously get into political debate or political discussion. That's not what we're focusing on here today. But I just wanted to ask your opinion while we have you here. Something we've talked about, and um, it, going back, it, we'll take World War II for example, and a lot of times those. People, or I think I'm correct, that's what's referred to as the greatest generation. Um, those young soldiers, they were drafted, really, didn't have a choice, but they went and did that, and that's referred to as the greatest generation. A lot of them, um, there's not many left, but that's referred to. And so I guess what we want to ask is, compared to nowadays, um, the, you know, with pastoring, I'm sure you come across, you work with young people a lot, or just, you know, people in general, um, so, I mean, what are your thoughts on the the greatest generation compared to this? I mean, I know people have always been people, and they were called upon. But like, what do you think if there's another World War Two? If there was another World War Two scenario in this generation, do you think that we that uh, we don't have those same quality? What just in comparing those two generations? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I didn't live in that time, and so um, it's hard to say, 
But I, but I will say this. Um, the greatest generation, those young people that were called on during that terrible time, uh, you you might sit and think and say, well, they're, they're just the product of a much better time and a much better raising and all of that. But if you really study history, if you go back beyond the first, that I mean, that greatest generation, you'll find that young people and just people in general, um, that they were not sterling quality. The Roaring Twenties is called that because of all of the excessiveness and selfishness and self-centeredness. And so the generation immediately prior to them were, were known as uh, flappers. That's what they call the girls. Um, just, just a lot of indulgence, self-indulgence was going on. And some of that greed and self-indulgence is actually what produced um, the uh, crash and the Great Depression. And uh, there was something about it. The Great Depression deprived people, and they lived through very hard times, very tough times. Um, but when it's almost like when the need made the call, people, young people responded. And so while I don't necessarily see uh, great values taught by in a lot of areas, I believe we are, have entertained ourselves to the point where it's, it's a pretty self-centered, snowflake, soft generation. The problem is so, so was the generation in the 1920s. Uh, they were very self-absorbed, very, you know, it, it was... Uh, uh, you wouldn't have thought that it, they were about to produce the greatest generation. And so something about the, uh, the call, something about the necessity, something about the demand, it made a whole generation rise to the occasion. And I pray that that, that would happen again. And we did see some of that. You know, when at 9-11, when the Twin Towers fell, a lot of people went out and volunteered uh, there were, uh, Pat Tillman left the NFL to volunteer and he went into the military and he died over in the Middle East in combat and he sacrificed himself. He was a, an NFL pro making big money and, uh, he quit and went and volunteered, joined the military in the prime of his career. He wasn't washed up from what I, I read. I don't remember what team he played for or whatever but I just remember it being a big story and then he lost his life he laid down his life because he felt like America was threatened and attacked and so here you are you think about pro pro sports and you think about these are very self-indulgent people but here right in our lifetime there, there were there was a man that walked right away from that went and joined and served his country so uh, I do believe that there's still a lot of that moral fiber and character in Americans, and if the need were to arise, they would rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then just last last question. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are, which, I mean, I, I pretty much know where 
you probably stand on this, but as far as um, I know, you obviously believe in taking care of our veterans, um, and I guess without it getting too political, what what are your thoughts on the care system for veterans? Do you think that um, that we do enough? Do you think that we should do more? Um, I mean, I personally believe that we should definitely take care of them. What What are your thoughts? Do you think that we have a good system in place for them and and uh, do you think we do enough to honor them, or should we always be looking for to do more? Well, let me let me say this. Um, a lot of it's from what I read, but some of it I've even when I was a kid, um, it was it was real then. But uh, we have not always treated our veterans well. Uh, matter of fact, America has had the tendency that as soon as war was over, they, uh, they wanted to forget about the military. And uh, they, they would reduce spending on it, reduce, uh, just cut way back. They didn't take care of the veterans. And, uh, and so, and especially after Vietnam, they were very hostile toward the military and veterans. I really honestly, now I have to go by from what I read, but we live in a time where there's probably more honor given to veterans in the military than most any time in our history. Uh, I I think that's a good thing, and uh, I think like the VA system, I think it's getting better. Uh, I, I, I don't get my medical care from there, so I can't say firsthand. But I do think things are getting better. But I really do feel like we live in a time where the military is more honored and more respected than most other times in American history. A lot of times, the military was almost treated as a necessary evil. And it was almost like, you know, dogs and soldiers keep off the grass was kind of a common put down, uh, I guess you would say. And they haven't always been thanked and appreciated even during times when they had great parades, when the armies came back from World War One and World War Two, it was not very long after that that the sentiment of the taxpayer was, let's move on, let's disband the military, let's, you know, let's get beyond that and spend money on other things. And so I, I feel like probably, and uh, certainly in, in my lifetime, uh, President Trump has been one of the men that, as president, that... Uh, honored and respected the military uh, the most and took, tried to take care of them. There have been other presidents, too. I don't mean to just point him out, but he is. Mm-hmm. we're living in his time right now. So Right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Um, Laba, Jake, do you have anything, any more questions, anything to add? No, I just I do want to say thank you uh, uh, for coming out, Pastor, and uh, spending the time with us. And it really, it really does – it makes it I enjoy talking to people like you that have taken the time to study history because it makes me want to study it more. And unfortunately, this day and age, we, especially the young generation, younger generation, I think we would, you know, be able to get more from history if we took the time. And like you said, with the entertainment this day and age, that's that's something that we're losing. But it does inspire me to get more into history and uh, learn more about our veterans that have sacrificed their life and uh, what we could learn the lessons and use for today. 
Let me give you all a recommendation. Many years ago, of course, I read a lot as a boy and young man, but uh, Brother Bo gave me a book. It was actually a two-volume set called The Wars of America by Robert Leckie. And, uh, and so when I finished that, I read everything else by Robert Leckie that I could read. He had been a Marine in World War II, serving in the Pacific and fighting there, and he became a historian afterwards. And uh, that, that really started my adult fascination with uh, war history. And so that's a very good, uh, I could give you a lot of other recommendations on books, but I won't take the time tonight. I know y'all are wrapping up. But uh, while I'm on here, I'll say that I appreciate y'all having this idea of a podcast and doing it. Y'all are doing a good job. And uh, I appreciate y'all having me on. And I I would come back and help y'all some more if you need it. Yeah, we definitely want to have you back. And thank you. I want to echo John. Thank you for coming on. Um, thought it would be a perfect time to have you on as Memorial Day weekend and maybe just take a step back and look, you know, forget about the festives, festivities and look at what this day is really about. And so I think this is a really an eye-opener to all of us. Like John said, it makes me want to go. I've, I've loved history and studied it, but it makes me want to go and read and learn more just about the just the awesome stories that there are out there and it's just the benefits. Um, in closing, I just want <clears throat> to remind you that you can visit us on our website at therealtimepodcast.com. You can uh, leave us a comment through there. Um, we're actually going to be doing a giveaway. Um, and so for this week, we will let you know what that is next podcast. But in order to um, get entered into this giveaway, go ahead and visit our website, therealtimepodcast.com. Um, there's a, pay, there's a, a contact us tab on the homepage. Um, you just leave your name, your email, leave a comment. Um, that'll come to us. Um, and so, yeah, you just comment on this podcast, the Memorial Day special, and we'll enter your names into a drawing. We'll give you um, a week, and so we'll talk about it a little bit on the next podcast, but we'll, we'll uh, enter you into a drawing, and we'll let you know what you won next podcast. So that'll be exciting. Make sure to visit us there. It's therealtimepodcast.com. Um, all, all one word, all lowercase, therealtimepodcast.com. And we can be found also on Apple Podcast and Google Play. Um, you can find us at The Real Time Podcast. And uh, make sure to leave us that five-star. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Maybe some uh, different guests you'd like to see in the future. And um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up with that. We want to just thank our guests for being with us here today. And um, we're glad that you joined us for this special Memorial Day tribute podcast. And we will see you next week.